TND After Dark is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast starring four semi-professional actors and full-time parents. Previously on Dark Was the Night. Major Armstrong took me out onto a lovely night on the town. Although he did not know much about wine, he had this charming, endearing way. It was almost childlike, yet unerringly manly. Honestly, I could have danced the night away in his big, brutish arms, were it not for the fact that he received a, a missive. He didn't want to share its contents with me, but he did seem rather perturbed. As far as I can tell, he went on to spend the night reconnecting with the shadowy employers of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, Personally, I don't care. I got to go home to a feather bed back at Primrose Manor, where Dr. Mickey Johansson was still recovering from uh, a brush with one of my more potent toxins. I wonder how Josiah Crane is handling his translation of the Sussex Manuscript, and more importantly, how he knows that it belongs to me when all is said and done. What's more, I did receive an odd note from Jules Walker saying that if the contents of her trial did not go in her favor, and if she was destined for the noose, well, I was to take the shot before Scotland Yard got the satisfaction. As far as I can tell, however, despite the deck being thoroughly stacked against her, Miss Jules Walker was found guilty of the crime that she had committed five years ago in the defense of one Isabel. She was sentenced to hang, with none other than my beau, Major Armstrong, as her guard. As she awaited sentencing in the jails of Scotland Yard, she was approached by Constable Jimmies with a mound of mashed potatoes. Buried within this culinary delight was a single pistol and her bandolier. Well, as Jules attempted to make her mistake, meh, escape, Armstrong was forced to act against her, but not before Jimmy's got off a full shot of his own. Jules rushed away into the night, leaving the unconscious Jimmy's behind to his fate. And in the morning, well, with London under martial law, he now suffered the final fate. Jules Walker walks alone among the streets of London. Carl Patrick sufficiently hobbled by his past interactions. How will things come to pass? I don't know. I suppose you'll have to sit back and enjoy this episode of Dark Was the Night. As you scale to the eighth story of Scotland Yard, as you make your way across the rooftops, seamless, a shadow slipping in the early hours, not quite a full moon, three quarters waxing perhaps. What was Pat always telling you about the constellations? (sighs) 
seafarers find their way home by following certain stars. What does that mean for you, Jules Walker? What does that mean for you, a woman condemned? The freedom you have spent the last five years of your life striving towards, earning, earning. It was yours. some twisted, arcanic means, these shadows that have been haunting you and Carl for the past few weeks, how are they in line with Peabody and with him? Oh, Isabel. Death would be better. These silent streets of London not so silent as the high trills of police whistles, the thundering of footsteps of carriages roaming these many alleyways, none thinking to look up. You have a moment of solace, of solitude. And the canopy of London's rooftops are yours to pursue. Jules Walker. Where are you going? Well, where I said I was going at the end of the last episode. I forgot. Oh. Um, I'm going to Old, old Jack's. Old Jack's? Gotcha. From Westminster to Hyde Park is thankfully not that much of a trick. The key is doing so stealthily. Luckily, many rooftops should get you to the edge of the park itself. But as one might expect, well. (laughs) It is what happens when you get to the edge of the park that will call for greater caution. Jules, I do want you to just go ahead and give me a stealth check. You may make this with advantage, given the early hours of the morning and the familiarity you have with this terrain. Uh, sorry. 28. 28. You know, believe it or not, that is sufficient. Um, <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Much like the black smell... Black smells. The black smog of the numerous chimneys billowing and curling. You dance among these obsidian clouds choking the upper atmosphere. And over the course of about probably the better part of an hour and a half, you make yourself at last to the edge of the rooftops. Hyde Park, in sight. A mere five stories below you. And what appears to be an empty road. With your thievery background, second story work is not a problem. You scale down the side, very Assassin's Creed-esque, just finding those perfect 
finger falls. There's a convenient bale of hay. Ah! <laughs> um, no. Uh, and as you make your way across the street, you do begin to hear a Some bushes to your left, lampshade and bench to your right, or darting ahead deeper into the shadow of the park. You hear horse cloppings approaching. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go that bush. Great. Go ahead and give me a renewed stealth check. <laughs> yes, having your hands available for a dice rolling roleplay game is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20. Oof. I'm joking. <laughs> Still sufficient. As you into the bush, you your amethyst eyes peer out from the shadow. You see three constables on horseback riding through the streets. One of them stops by a uh, great um, wicker lamppost, takes out a swab of a paintbrush with this thick white viscous liquid. Paints on the post before smack, riding off after the others. Proceed deeper into the park. Yep. Excellent. You follow the familiar footpath, finding that little creek that dives deeper and deeper into the Hyde Park, until you at last come into that foul-smelling entranceway that is the discontinued septic that stands over Hyde Park. This subterranean hovel that is the home of Old Jack and his thugs. And as you approach, give me a perception check. Nope. Uh, 21. Very nice. Silently, softly, you descend lower and lower down the grassy hillside until you're at last at the entrance. The gate, often a slipshod collection of steel rebar and wooden planks, is ajar. You slide in with nary a hitch. Not only is that snoring close, it's familiar. <laughs> Sounding like it comes from a large, larger man. <laughs> but truly, from a young lad. You see Butterfingers, curled up in a canopy chair, moldy, refuse-stained, covered up in a blanket that looks more moth-eaten than together. And he's just clearly supposed to be at watch, but is not at off. I'm going to wake him up. <coughs> Very nice, Joe. Thank you. Jules! God! Damn it! He didn't give me a heart attack! What? What? What are you wearing? Let's, let's move past that, shall we? Um, 
I, t I told you I'm coming home. All right. I, I gave I gave Jack my two weeks. He just had me stand and watch for one more night. Do you have any um bandages? Any sort of uh, alcohol or something? Well, we got rubbing alcohol for the outside wounds and drinking alcohol for the inside wounds. A little, any, a little, any, a little deeper in. Maybe both. Um, and the bandages have been um, have been shot. Jules! Oh my God! Uh, Jack! 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 Announced that you're here, I guess. Great. God, what you. happened? But then I'll probably collapse into the refuse stained chair. Yeah. I'm keeping my wound away from it. <laughs> I'm like this. Ugh. Jules, I need you to remind me at this point in time. Do you have the ring of protection? No, Carl does. As I aim to get it back, but for now he yes. has it. As you sink into the chair, oh dear. holding your mostly stemmed wound, you begin to hear footsteps coming back. But they don't sound like Butterfingers. And they don't sound like they're on cobblestones. You close your eyes for a brief moment, the pain coming in a wave. And with that other sense gone for a moment, you realize you remember this sound. It was the sound that you would hear through your door at the courtesan whenever he would come to call. His footsteps followed the annoying tap of his walking stick leading the way. It's getting closer. You open your eyes, look down that hallway down the empty chamber. There's no one there. And yet you can still hear it. Looking around. It's getting louder. Painfully so. It's as if it is an inferno. It is as if it is a typhoon. It is as if it is breaking the very seams of the world with that step, step, tap, step, step, tap. And then it stops. And you simply hear and you feel his wet, warm breath back of your neck.
my starling. So alone. But don't you worry. I'll take good care of you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Song. That's horrendous. Nobody likes that. Jules Walker, I need you to give me a Sandy check. I believe your Sandy's at 32 or 34. Uh, 29. Oh dear. Um, can I try something before I have to do that? Uh, depending on what it is, most certainly. I would like to recite my chant. Oh. We will say that as... Like, as he's talking to me, I want to say my chant out loud. I like it. I will let you make the Sandy check with advantage. Okay. Don't we actually say it? Or just... Oh, you can if you want to. By all means, it's been a while since we've heard it, okay. so... <clears throat> Starling. I am more than my body. I have a mind that is strong. That's my girl. I have a soul that with worth. Take it, bitch. No one can touch my heart. No one can torture my spirit. I am more than my body. You are nothing. still say, though, that rather than a d10, it's going to be a d6. Oh! <laughs> you lose two points of sanity. I rolled a one. <coughs> As you finish the chant, although his own words seem to match your cadence, almost a mocking answer to your prayer. As you wrench yourself away from the moment that you started to feel a caress on your back, your scars flaring to life. You're alone. And then you hear, and you see Butterfingers, followed by the rather uh, shabby top hat of old Jack himself, directly behind, rubbing his eyes, holding a uh, lantern aloft. Um, God damn it, Jules! Visiting hours are not right now, but I understand this is an emergency. Um, oh, God, don't sit on that. And you see him uh, take out a uh, kind of like a, a woolen hemp blanket that does look to be a little bit more put together. It smells strongly of, uh, well, of rubbing alcohol, to be perfectly honest. It's, I get the sense that it's the surface that they lay things out when things need to be cleaned. Gotcha. Okay, I will collapse onto it. Yeah. All right, um, is there any salvaging of this, uh, dress, I oh, guess? Oh, I changed on the, I put clothes on. Right, absolutely. I stole clothes from clotheslines. Yep, I like that, okay. But, I mean, the shirt is probably bloody by now. But. Yep, all right, um, just, look, don't go breaking my wrist, all right? Just roll the thing up. Okay. You brace yourself, awaiting the touch, almost forgetting that the sting of alcohol directly on an open wound is a fresh hell in and of itself. But it's almost bracing. Certainly better than what you were experiencing a moment ago. Yeah, for sure. Pain of the body is preferable. In fact, it's kind of nice. It sort of uh, wakes me up a little bit. Um, You see Butterfingers kind of just standing by nervously, and Jack pulls out a, a hooked needle and a thread, and he goes... Butterfingers, I need pressure. Right here. What? 
Use your big, stupid hands for something useful and put pressure. Well, well, I'm pretty sure Mr. Patrick doesn't do this kind of thing whenever he's medically... Tra I don't care what Mr. Patrick does. He's not here, is he? Put your hands there, damn it. All right. Sorry, Jules. He hasn't seen Pat since the incident, correct? Nope. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yep. It's what incident. <laughs> you lost your hand and your foot? <clears throat> the sting comes and goes again and again and again as uh, old Jack makes quick work of hooking a thread through your now not-so-gaping wound. I'm going to bunch up <clears throat> the sleeve of my shirt to bite onto. It hurt my teeth. <laughs> That's a good idea. I remarkably have good teeth, considering. <laughs> Especially, you know, not just the time, but the look. Nope, I'm not going to make the joke. Um, That's a good idea. Considering our listener base. Um, <laughs> too late. Too late. Jules. We just lost all of our listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After about 20 minutes of disinfecting, treating, and then applying a foul-smelling salve, uh, which Old Jack assures you is good stuff that he had got it from Pat himself. Uh, he at last leans back, looking at his handiwork, and he goes, All right. Now, you're getting the friend discount and the emergency discount, but this is still going to cost you something down the line there, Jules. I'm afraid the only thing I can pay you with right now is favors. That's all right. That's the currency I work with. Jack. What? Butterfingers. Yeah? I'm on the lamb. You see a kind of like a half smile. Not joyful. More of a sardonic. Starts to grow on old Jack. Butterfingers is looking at you perplexedly. And Jack goes... I was wondering why your parole officer wasn't with you. He didn't do this, did he? Good. I'd have to have to cut his throat. No, um, I'm afraid my trial did not go as anticipated. What are you talking about? You, you, you had the, uh, the, uh, you had the inspector on your side, the head inspector himself. All of his evidence had been destroyed. On top of that, some people from my past wormed their way into the tribunal, and uh, there was no, I had no chance. So, so what? So every constable in London is currently searching for me. Pat wasn't even there. Pat's grievously injured in, in the hospital. And... Oh, you're going to be seeing posters in my face all over, I think. Butterfingers collapses back into the chair. You see Jack kind of wince again. <laughs> yes, I need to throw that thing out. <coughs> all right. Well, out of all the O's in London that you could have crawled into, you picked a good one, Jules. Yeah, no. We, uh... We may be situated right in the absolute middle of London, meaning that any kind of uh, long-term escape is going to be a little more tricky. But I think I can probably start rustling up some resources. Now, what are you thinking? The colonies? Africa? Mainland? 
Well, I'm very impressed that you're as awful as Jack. I'm afraid I can't leave. <laughs> Finger goes into the ear, picks out some wax, flicks it away. There was a pretty big chunk in there, so I'm sure I misheard you. Um, posters of your face all over London, and you're not planning on leaving? Oh, oh, so you're suicidal. Damn. I wish you'd told me before I stitched you up. There's someone I have to help. And honestly, I care more about them than I do about myself. Otherwise, I would just go. Or I just would have let them hang me. <sighs> Believe me, it was tempting. Oh. Butterfingers. Get your ass out of chair. Come on. Uh, 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 I Alright, um, Badfingers, uh, you need to get word to Carl. You've been seen by his side close enough, many enough, many enough time, they won't be too suspicious of you hanging around him. Um, I wish there was a way I could get my hands on anything from my apartment, you know, the, the money, then I could pay you back. Some of my other weapons, my clothes, oh, my cat. Oh, I would love to see my cat. Alright, you keep in a list of this then. Butterfingers looks. What? <laughs> Money, clothes, gone, cat. Cat. Jack. What? How are you with scissors? Uh, better than I am with stitches. I think we need to cut my hair. Oh. Yeah. I can see that. And I was thinking. You know, I, I saw some of the fancy... No, not too fancy, I guess, but I, I've seen gents and a couple of ladies around with the, those spectacles. And they have... I, I think you can even get some of this, like, tint. And I was thinking... Well, my eyes are rather distinctive. Hauntingly distinctive. Yeah. Right. Anyway, might help. All right. Money first. Not... For payment, but to acquire these things, as believe it or not, I don't have a pair of those spectacles just lying around. No, but yeah. I think I know a man. Yeah, he runs the uh, Her Majesty's Royal Army surplus store. I should be able to get the stuff I need from that. Right, Butterfingers, what are you getting? A cat? Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm getting a cat. You're getting a bloody cat. She needs a cat. She's honestly, going through a rough spot. Honestly, if you just tell Shadow to follow you and you'll lead her to me then you don't have to bring her she'll just sort of follow your scent she's good okay but Pat's injured um yeah we got into a bit of a tussle in um big I like French <laughs> when I say big Ben uh, Big Ben, um, I'm afraid Carl lost his hand and his foot. And it's been a really bad couple of days. Butterfingers just... Do you have the, the drinking alcohol? Maybe just a... Jack reaches into his own vest and pulls out a flask. Much obliged. I'm just going to take a swig. It tastes oh. like... Oh. Not great. Oh no. Oh, that's. I figure if I pick the foulest tasting liquor I can find, 
I don't run a risk of getting at Abby. Right, well, I mean, it, it hit the spot. Thank, thank you for that. No problem. Uh, yeah, let's get you to a proper bunk. Um, you're safe here for now, Jules. Thanks. We'll uh, start working on that air I and... I don't plan to burden you long. I just need to figure out my next hey. move. Look. Butterfingers told me what you and Pat have been trying to do for Lamb. And when I think about everything that the two of you have done for my thugs, when it was just barely four of us, I've got you, Jules. Right? You may uh, have gotten older, and you may have uh, moved into a swanky ass, but you're still one of us. Nope. Five star quarters for you. As he guides you deeper into old Jack's thugs. And we will come back to you in a moment. Yay. Mickey. Let's see. You wake up in a warm bed. You do. You're feeling much better. You do. <laughs> Your shorts are full of <laughs> Always. A lovely nurse is changing your bedpan. Oh Actually, there is one thing. Oh, she's not lovely. She's old and ugly. <laughs> the ones are. Which is the ultimate joke on the pervy man, you know? It's like, that's what you get. <coughs> yeah, exactly. She's got warts, and she's rough on you. She's like, let me get that blanket off you. Mickey. A side effect of this paralytic concoction of Anne Pearson, or Annabelle LaPierce, whatever gnomer she adopts. The nausea you could deal with, however unpleasant, it's the hallucinations. That first night, that night when Jules and Carl had left after Carl had miraculously been awakened from one of the many rituals found within the Sussex Manuscript, you wish you could have provided more active assistance, but it was too much. And what's more, couldn't face the fact that whenever Jules was in the library poring over that Sussex manuscript she was there too beckoning you into the library begging you to read her your favorite poem you were treated. You sought the comfort of your quarters. That big, feather, feathery, fluffed up bed. And as you opened up the cupboard, bedside cupboard, you took out that little black bottle. One drop. Two drops. Three drops into the water. The black bottle bearing the label of laudanum, going back into its place in the cupboard. 
Papa. Won't you come read with me? I always want to come read with you. And come on. All right. I'll read you one poem. <laughs> she leaps into your bed, curling up into your blankets. Her soft, sandy curls bouncing. That obscenely bright green ribbon that you had given her for her birthday. God. She smells of the fields. She holds in her lap a very worn, much-loved book. And with nary a thought, you flip to that very familiar page. All right. It begins... A gentle knight was pricking on the plain, clad in mighty arms and silver shield, wherein old dints of deep wounds did remain, the cruel marks of many a bloody field. <laughs> Yet arms till that time did he never wield. His angry steed did chide his foaming bit, as much disdain to the curb to yield full jolly knight he seemed and fair did sit as one for knightly guests and fierce encounters fit you know you remind me remind me of a jolly knight do I oh yeah no and and Bruno is is your mighty steed with the foamy bit. <laughs> well, Bruno, uh, he does have a foamy bit, doesn't he? About every day. Your Rottweiler, who's been in the ground for far too long, is by your bedside. <laughs> I haven't got any bread for you, Bruno. <laughs> she leans her hand over and puts on his snout. You know that a dog can breathe in for 30 seconds without stopping, even while he's sniffing. And those little slits at the bottom of his nose actually create a vortex of air that sends smells below his nose up into the higher part of his nose. So he's always smelling something new never completely breathing out. Did you know I can hold my breath for 30 seconds? I didn't know that. Well, all right, maybe you could show me once, but then it's off to bed with you. All right, all right. Here I go. Count. Don't count too slowly. All right. One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Her eyes on focus. She grows still. 
She grows cold. No. No. No, not again. Not again. No. No. Don't leave me again. Don't leave me again. And you're alone in your bedchamber once more. You down the laudanum in one mighty gulp. <coughs> Terrible. Sleep or this unholy rest takes you. What? Who is it? On the other side of the door, with fresh concern of the night's events, having already seen a man hanged. Armstrong has returned to Primrose Manor. Whether it is to report or to seek counsel, I leave that to him. Who is it? It is, uh, Major Armstrong. I wish to, uh, check up on you. Fine, Armstrong. Just need to sleep for a little bit more. Wait. Wait. Wait, how did I get... Wait, how did I get back here? We were... I'm gonna open the door and duck in <laughs> and uh, close the door behind me. It's, it's good to see you. Uh, well. Yes, Armstrong, but the last thing I remember was... Explosion, and then I climbed into. Where's Jules? Well, this. It was that. I was. I was on the floor. What happened? Take a breath. Take a breath. Everything will be fine. You need to. I'm going to walk over to the window and open it. You need some fresh air, too. What I need are answers, please. Now, calmly, collectively. You've been recovering from a, a toxin that has made you quite ill. About 36 hours. Who, who was that in the room? I didn't know her. You didn't know her, that's right. <laughs> Fine woman. Uh, <laughs> merely defending herself against attackers. Her, her name is. I Miss wasn't attacking her. Perceived attackers. She is uh, a guest here at the house. And, um, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me <laughs> that I was poisoned. Things are not all as they seem. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, give me an insight check here. Give me an insight check here, Mickey. Uh, 
That is a, uh, <laughs> that is a 19. Yeah, you definitely can tell. That, <laughs> that, that, the, the thought and mention of uh, Mr. Hold on. A, a brief nice little old old coloration on the cheeks. Like, you're swaying in the daisies with her, aren't you? <laughs> I suppose you are. Your people have quite the way with, uh, with I wouldn't put it that way, swaying. <clears throat> well. So, uh, it's good to see you up and, and well. I wish <clears throat> to, uh, as far as Miss Walker is concerned. She has been declared an enemy of the state. And I missed her hearing. By only a few hours. <laughs> How? Then I've been out for three days. Um, Two t- a little under. About a day and a half. Oh. Jules, I'm so sorry. Wait, where is she? I watched the proceedings myself and did not. They, it was. Don't mince words. She did horribly. And uh, by no fault of her own, the witnesses and testimonies were all wasn't it, favorable on her side. Wasn't it a death? Yes, and, uh, well, so. She was sentenced uh, to hanging, and in the night. Another. Were you not to be gardener? I was, in fact, gardener, and a uh, another constable uh, had a a change of heart, and uh, he attempted to free her from uh, her cell. And uh, as I was investigating, he shot me, and I, I was. No need Leave to it to you to be shot and just be walking right, around. No, no need to, to worry. It's, yes. it's nothing really. I've had much worse. And she we, escaped then? Yes, she, she escaped. Where is uh, the guard? Well, as he shot his superior officer. Uh, I was recovering from uh, my injury and he was, was, was fast uh, proceeding. And he, the noose that was meant for duels now tell me this you bring the woman that poisons me to this house where I am asleep in a bed for three days and then you mean to tell me that you were going to carry through with the hanging of Jules Walker whom you know personally Armstrong I may not know all of what's going on here, but I think that you're going to have to leave this room right now. (laughs) And perhaps get someone else in here to help me get my belongings. Dr. Johansson, I... I, There is more to this than you may see. I... What? Oh, is it? Are you looking for your telegram? Yes, my two telegrams that I have. Um, I think I have them. Nope. They were over here. The two slips that you gave me. They're slippery. 
Well, we're gonna hit pause for just a brief moment. Yes. No. no. After spending a few moments frantically patting his person. I produce uh, the initial telegram that I got during my date. I'll say, uh, I received this while I was at dinner from Lord Smith. A, a new assignment of highest priority stop. Report to H.I. Nigel Edgars at the yard. Deadly force authorized. The crown's shadows serve alike. Yes. So as you see, that being from Lord Smith, I reported to uh, Head Inspector Nigel's, uh, uh, Nigel Edgars at the yard, and he informed me that I was to watch over Miss Walker. Proceedings went one way to avoid any breaking free. Uh, I also received this. I think that was the other one you got as well. Upon conclusion of current assignment, report to 38 Birdcage, Birdcage Walk, assuming Home Secretary desires entry to order. Best foot forward soldier. So what does this mean? And to date, you have not, I have not reported there yet. What that means is I have followed through with the first telegram in watching over this water. The second telegram, the Home Secretary. I've come to counsel with you, a full member Knowing that the Home Secretary was greatly involved in the condemnation of Miss Walker and your close association with her, I felt it important to counsel with you before I brought him in in case there was some ill will or bad blood to be had in the Order. At this point in time, I do want the both of you to give me an intelligence check. While I make gas from the fruit bark. Ten. Ten? Mm-hmm. That was fast. A fast constitution. What is it? Wait, why am I... Just not? up top. Yep. No? Yep. It's one of the big ones. Okay, so it's uh, 15. 15? Okay. 10 was the DC for this. Um, one word... Armstrong, that you are now giving greater thought to with Mickey having read it out loud. And one word that struck out to you in particular, Dr. Johansson, is the word assuming. Assuming the Secretary desires entry. You realize that assuming has two definitions. There is the... assuming Home Secretary. Hmm. Meaning that there is going to soon be a drastic shift in the parliamentary power. The Home Secretary, when it comes to domestic matters, is 
outweighed only by the Prime Minister and the Queen herself. If a hat is changing from current Secretary Matthews to a new body, then A, who is this new Home Secretary? And how do they know of the Hermetic Order? And why do they want to join it? Why do they hate me? As for... Jules's voice echoes <laughs> in your minds. Oh, well, that's my question. No, actually, I know why, but you guys wouldn't. As for the initial uh, issue of your attacker, your assailant, or poisoner being here, swell just a little bit as footsteps make their way down the hall and there's a light rap 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 on the slightly open door and you see a blonde woman with her hair done up in a flowing multi-tiered bun a couple of curls dangling down piercing blue eyes high cheekbones piercing blue eyes nice piercing blue eyes nice Uh, wearing a uh, form-fitting uh, white blouse with uh, tan trousers. Yep. Um, steps in. A uh, little bit of sweat on her forearm, uh, forehead as you see that she's wearing uh, uh, forearm length uh, leather gloves. Steps her, uh, pierces her head in, peers her head in, not pierces her head in, peers her head in, and goes, Oh, Armstrong, I thought I heard you. Forgive me, I Oh, good, you're awake. Uh, yes, happy birthday to me. And a pleasure to see you. Do you guys want to have this conversation alone? No, I You believe- seem to already be perspiring, miss. Oh, yes, I was just going through my morning no, no exercises. Oh, goodness gracious, well, I'm not that kind of lady. Not that you would. Come now, darling. Let me speak for myself. Annabelle appears. Ah, uh, sorry. I'd shake your hand, but I'm feeling a little bit too weak to lift my arm. Oh, dear. Well, we could probably fix that. Um, hold on just a moment. And you see her uh, reach into her blouse... And as she pulls out her necklace, you see that the necklace is actually a collection of very little bottles. Uh, very small bottles with various different colorations. She goes, let's see. Black as night, ochre, and peach. Ruby, olive, olive. Let's see. Distillery of rose water with... Yes, that should do it. Do me a favor. Sniff. <laughs> You feel all exhaustion leave your body. Your eyes zoom wide open. And uh, for the duration of the day, you get to make any athletic checks with advantage. All right, so I'm going to brew up some more of that later. There we go. 
Could you just give Dr. Mickey Johansson a popper? That's exactly <laughs> what he just had. Yep. He's, <laughs> whoa, he's whoa, going to the I club. can do anything! Yeah. <laughs> Chee! Chee! Baby's first Rafe. Baby's first Rafe. Um, so, I do hope that that makes us square, Dr. Johansson. I hope you understand that it certainly was not my intention to uh, knock you flat, as it Hardly were. makes us square. Oh. Because it's not me that I'm worried about. There is someone else that resides in this manor who uh, I was going to be helping. And now... Without my aid and my influence, it's very probable that uh, she's going to be hanged. Oh, you're speaking of jewels. Yes, of course I'm speaking of jewels. Well, I didn't know she lived here. Um, Does she not live no. here? <laughs> uh, redact that. <laughs> and this is why when you jump in, jump in! You're in! You don't know anything. I liked it. I like I, you. You were committed to it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's okay. You can make a mistake. Yeah, you see her pull out a little, a little scroll Unredacted. herself. She goes, "Yes, I did receive this rather distressing note from her. It's actually what I was going to talk to you about, Armstrong. What, what do you know of jewels being taken in?" Let me see that. She. Uh, it basically says. Her hearing was wrong yesterday. Oh. She was worried that if she were to receive a uh, guilty... Then I was to kill her, yes. I, un- I I understand it, but what I'm saying is, where where were you doing all this? Well, I was by her side, of course. Oh, good. So she's taken care of, then? Well, um... <laughs> in, in a matter of speaking... The camera pulls out <laughs> from the Primrose Manor. As you hear a, <coughs> what? And the camera shakes for a brief moment. Um, uh, and looks at you, and you are seeing a different side of Ann Pearson. This is a Valkyrie. This is a harpy. This is a very upset woman with her anger directed firmly at you. And she goes, it is not the state's position to rob me of what should be mine. And she storms out of the room. You have to do an inside check. Go for it. I would have thought she would have more upset that. is... No, she just wants to be the one to cause the danger. A ten? She still wants to kill me. Um, with a ten, a touch of concern was bleeding through, as well as a touch of something else. What was that about? I actually haven't the faintest. <laughs> did, did Jules give Armstrong the lowdown of Pearson? I can't remember. I don't think I would have. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Jules is not eager to be like, so this lady tried to kill me. Wants to kill me because I killed her dad. It's kind of a complicated story. So she left the room. Can I yell to her? Yeah. Excuse me, Miss Pearson. Yes, Dr. Johansson. And she sticks her head back in. What might make us a little bit more even is if you explain what in the hell is happening. I don't know. I'm going to go find out. I'm going to go find Jules. Not with her. What? Between the two of you. Why are you hunting her? 
hunting. You just said it's not a matter of the state to get in between me and my business. It's a gross approximation of what I said at best. <laughs> well, I don't have a great memory because I've been drugged. <laughs> <laughs> you see, she has the decency to look a little abashed at that. And she goes, The business between Jules and I is one that has been brewing for the last five years. We have a sort of understanding and it's complicated, for lack of a better term. Alright, well, I'm going to uncomplicate it for you. You're not going to leave yet. You're going to wait until I'm up and then we're going to go find Jules together. Works for me. Because if you go out there and start causing a ruckus well I don't want the police to take notice and hang her you see her just kind of narrow her eyes at you for a brief moment before she melts into shadow and you feel all of a sudden a pin being held to your throat and whispered harshly in your ear, you hear, I am not in the business of causing a ruckus. That's <laughs> a good laugh. Well, I'm not in the business of suffering people that I don't trust. Well, then we'll simply have to trust not to trust, and to trust that the other will not do anything untrustworthy. Well, you can trust that I will hold up my end of my untrustworthiness toward you. I didn't quite catch... We're not talking yet! All right, now... You have ten wait. minutes. Where... What happened with Kara? I don't care about Carl Patrick. She storms out again. Armstrong, what happened with Carl Patrick? He's uh, Mickey's gonna get up, yep. and he's feeling. Better. You have no idea. I, well, Isn't he was, in the was house? I, was I there? Did I, I did, have I seen him since? You haven't. I what? Um, I don't particularly know. I, I I wasn't in his room at all after I didn't escort her. I was just. No, you were at you were at the you were at you were at dinner when they were at Big Ben. So I have no idea. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna yell down the stairs. Oh, rubber fingers. Butter fingers. Butter fingers. Where's butter? Where's where's the what's the girl's name that lives here? This is not. You're still getting we're not at Seventeen's house. This oh. is Primrose. This is Primrose Manor. Holding the chromatic order. That being said, oh. one thing that you two would realize as well, as potentially as Miss Pearson, but you especially, Mickey, there is an occupant who knows how to find things and find people. Okay. Josiah Crane is still... Oh, 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 oh. just don't try to find me at night! He won't do it. Josiah can describe. Is he there? 
He is at Primrose. He's trans- Do well, I he's know him? Like yes, he's your buddy. He's your friend. Yeah. He's oh, your buddy. Yeah, Josiah. Yeah, he's your yeah, American yeah, yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Where's Josiah? Uh, he, too, is here, I, I believe. He's trying to sleep. Josiah, where... Oh, my God. ...is Patrick? What? How should I know who's Pat... Which one is Patrick? I haven't met him... Oh, wait. And... <laughs> With his uh, white gloves on, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge nightgown, and a hat with a little fuzzball at the end. Half moon spectacles. You look ridiculous. Where is I'm the comfortable. Ne- where is the Necronomicon? Did we... We don't know where the Necronomicon is yet. I'm still trying to go over the Sussex Manuscript. I was reading it all night. I was trying to get literally three hours of sleep. And when... you are all so loud. You, you great ape of a man. You're just... Wa- you punched me out the other day. How long do we have until Carl Patrick is no longer able to be saved? What? He was walking out of here just, just, he, was it yesterday? Good God, the days are all blending together. Well, yes, when we returned, he, uh, well, he's, he is in a much better position than he was. When we Who do you want me to find? I thought he was still in a coma or whatever. You've been in a coma, you daft fool. Wasn't he also... I visited him in his mind. Well, uh, when we returned from uh, retrieving Mr. Crane... Uh, I love Mr. watching Mickey. was uh, He's like, <laughs> much, much better than he was when we left. When someone is asleep, generally you fill them in on all the things that are going on. The nice thing is it's like method, because he really doesn't know a lot of exactly. stuff. Exactly. While they were asleep. <laughs> yeah. While you were sleeping, this circuitous conversation carries on, probably with increasing degrees of lunacy, for another 20, 30 minutes or so. Ultimately, who are you going to have Josiah try and scry? Carl? We need to find... Or Jules. All right, so Jules is... So Carl's fine. I don't... We need to find Jules. And I... I need... I need you, as a friend, to promise me, when we find her, that you're not going to toe the company line. I'm going to look around, going to close the door, I'm going to sit on a groaning stool next to your chair. That was a really good story. And, uh, he just so, comfortably sits on the dresser. And, and uh, I'm going to say, what reason would you provide for not towing the company line, as you have said? Well, let's put it this way. You've seen some things that you might classify in the last several days as inexplicable. Can I, uh, can I assume that that's correct? Yes. Yes. Well, let's just say, for the sake of argument, of course, that I inexplicably can tell that there's something about that girl that she is not guilty. Can you trust that from me, Armstrong? I 
after everything we've been through together. I'm going to pull out the first telegram I got. Lord Smith uh, told me I need to follow through with Head Inspector Nigel's Edgar's orders. The deadly force is authorized. Um, Head Inspector Nigel Edgar's said I was to protect and stop Miss Walker from escaping and to use deadly force if necessary. Now, are you asking me to go against What I am asking you, Armstrong, is to think about what that note says and consider that it says in the text that you should stop her from escaping and use deadly force in order to do so. But it would seem to me that she has already escaped, hasn't she? And so, you failed at that task. That seems quite the stretching of the situation to meet your desires. I'm not asking you to stretch anything. I'm asking you to read the words that are in front of you and to follow orders. It would seem to me that you are stretching. Oh, she's not talking to you right now. Okay, attempt to, and be like, fine. And then um, he's gonna go to thirty-eight bird cage. Walk. He's gonna, uh, he's gonna make. He's gonna yell down the aisle, uh, down the hall as he's leaving. You know, Armstrong, if you always take orders, you'll end up alone. to you in a moment. Go for it. Jules Walker. It is probably close to 6.30 a.m. on this October the 6th. You've been able to get a few more hours of shut-eye. Sufficient to get a long rest, by the way. A lot of the thugs have cleared out to give you space in this small alcove. The blue ratty tarp that separates this small section from the rest of the uh, thugs' living quarters. You see a silhouette on the other side of it, the top hat, immediately familiar. 
Jules. Um. Butterfinger's back. He brought Spiker and, uh. A really well stacked Irish lady. <laughs> Interesting choice of words. Yeah, she can come. You've seen the size of them. It's just. Jack. So, sorry. That disappears. You hear. The curtain flies open, and you see Spiker, her hair done up very nice, actually, in, like, curling uh, pigtail braids. Um, furthermore, she's wearing a dress. Aww. It's a very dark navy blue with some white cotton highlights um, clutching Elizabeth. Uh, and she throws herself on top of you. As it is with children, no hint of itchiness, no discomfort. It's one of those few moments that physical contact is a good thing. And you hear just this little harsh whisper. When Butterfingers set you on the lamb, I thought he meant. I thought he meant the same thing happened to you as happened to Lucy. No, alright. Are we gonna kill him? Who's Oh no. All the bobbies. <laughs> No, it might feel like a nice thing to do, but it's, it's, it's not. It's... Honestly, Spike, if you can take anything away from my story, it's, it's always better not to kill someone. As she pulls her head up to look at you, her eyes go wide. Jules, explain to us what your hair looks like now. Oh, uh, we already did that. Okay. Um... Uh, well, it's a typical young, not young, but like a teenage boy hairstyle, mm-hmm. um, which for that era, where did you look it up? I think it was coiffed, maybe? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I didn't know we'd already done the haircut. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but it's <clears throat> uh, parted down the side, and it's very clearly a young man's haircut. Yeah. Um, Spiker starts giggling madly. She goes, 
You look like a boy. Yeah, well, that's kind of the idea. Jules will hand her the braid. <laughs> she looks at Elizabeth, and she looks at the braid, and her eyes get very wide as she looks up into the corner. She goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> and she scrambles further into old Jack's uh, lair. Lottie comes in and goes, Oh, Jules. Jules, 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 Jules. Let me clean it up a little bit, love. Great. Let's see. Oh, seriously, such a shame, too. Your hair was luscious, and but honestly, it reminded me of myself about 15 years back. It wasn't always the fiery mess that it is now. But, um... Oh. I know what you're going for. Remember to tie down the tatas, darling. They're a dead giveaway. Granted, you're not as abundantly blessed as myself, so yeah, it should it be a little be. easier for you. Shouldn't be too hard at all. Oh. Darling, when you and Pat didn't come back, I got a mite bit worried. Where's Patrick? Does he know? Did he not do anything? Uh, he's at the hospital. Butterfingers goes... I was trying to tell you, but you just kept walking. That's because you can't tie two words together properly to save your life. Uh, he was... Uh, he was wounded in a tussle we had, and uh, we were taken straight to the hospital. And then I was taken straight ah, to the courthouse. The bastards. Not even giving your guardian a moment's rest to advocate on your behalf. Rest? They didn't even give me a new set of clothes. Well, Speaking of which, Butterfingers, did you... Butterfingers goes, Yeah, yeah. got your clothes, and um, we stopped by the store that old Jack was talking about and got these. And sure enough, two dark pieces of glass bound together with a black wire frame with the long hooks around. A perfectly functional pair of sunglasses. Oh, I wasn't even going for sunglasses. I just wanted slightly tinted... Oh. I don't know that Slightly sun- tinted. I don't know that sunglasses existed, but I just uh, wanted some... I think some, they did. I, I think... just want some... Because I don't want to draw too much attention to myself. Right. I just want to slightly distort the color of my eyes through the lenses. That's what he got sense. you then. That okay. is what he got you then. Sorry, I was not clear. Whatever it was you wanted, you got, you got it. it. Um, cool. Yep. And uh, he hands you a pair of your trousers, a fresh shirt, and your last jacket. The Great. other one... The other one having long since... I believe, I believe it was like... I wasn't able to retrieve it yeah. at the Poseidon yeah. place. Right. Um, no, I did. But I think it probably got discarded in yeah. all the... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, As you yeah. are handed the trench coat, uh, it does move a little. <gasps> oh! My cat! My cat! <laughs> oh, I'm going to hold my cat. As you hold Shadow close to your chest, he, she, just feels warm and comforting, and you feel yourself becoming more and more calm, as if 
all negative emotions are just being suppressed. Give me either an occult check or an insight check. Plus five. Because oh. you are rapidly approaching the point of El Poco Loco and El Coco. As you are stroking Shadow, and you look over and you see Butterfingers going from looking anxious to kind of looking more calm, and Lottie's slightly trembling hands taking on a more calm cadence, and yourself just feeling gentle, happier. Am I feeling more sane? (laughs) I like that. I like that. You're feeling four points more sane. Okay. And much like how you had perceived Mickey whenever he would exert that eldritch knowledge where it kind of looked like gasoline in the air. Just a slight reverberation. You're more in tune now than you have ever been with these unseen forces. And for the first time, when you look down at Shadow, you see that there's almost a slight pulse coming from Shadow that seems to be enveloping everyone in this immediate area. Um, Her wide green eyes look up at you. (laughs) Jules is going to look down at, at Shadow and suddenly remember what the king in yellow said. She's going to be like, um, huh. And Jules is going to give Shadow a little kiss on the forehead. Because whatever it is, it seems to be good and seems to like her, and I'll take that. Um, Jules, you are given, uh, Sufficient monies. Yeah, I have you, monies. You have monies. You have uh, you have a couple of daggers. You have uh, one more box of ammunition. Wait, and what was the thing you said before ammunition? A couple of daggers. Daggers. Okay, super box. No, I don't. I think no, probably not my bleeder fan. I think that's probably gone forever. I think that was. I think that was a one, a unique item. You could commission another one, most definitely. No, I just mean they probably have it at Scotland Yard. Most definitely. Um, okay. So we have... Yeah, he wasn't able to fit that into the mashed potatoes, unfortunately. Plus, he probably didn't even know that it was a weapon. Couple daggers. Got my monies. Ammunition, you said. Yep, 12 more shots. Okay. Um. Oh, so only six more. 12 more shots. Oh, okay. Yep, so you have the 6 in the gun, and then 12. <laughs> um, I caught Joe taking a selfie, and it was... I was blowing a kiss to my wife I, over text. I, I could tell. It was adorable. Oh, thanks. I would love to get a kiss blown from you in a text. I mean, um, I'll do more than a kiss. 
I'll blow you a kiss. I'll blow you a double kiss. Like <laughs> I'll, um, I'll blow you a hug. <laughs> I don't think I like that. Um, Jules. Um, Butterfingers. The <laughs> Butterfingers. Um, just kind of stands up and stretches a little bit. He says, all right. I'm feeling a bit more, a bit more in charge of everything. So here's how it's going to go. Patrick still doesn't know. And the way I see it, he's locked up in Queen Victoria's Hospital. Probably, probably blitzed out of his mind right now. If he's missing a hand and a foot. So, someone needs to be keeping watch on him. Because if they came for you, we don't know that they're not going to go for him. Right? Your silence is a little disconcerting. Well, there are no particular reasons why they came up to me. Um, but it is, it is very likely that Pat's in danger of them too, so. Why? So. I would very much like to speak with Pat if we can somehow arrange that down the line, but right now it's just not possible. Well, what's your next move? Because we we should we should divide and conquer, but we should know we should know where home is. As I know, old Jack is putting on a brave face for us all, but there's only one place in and out. And if we get trapped in here, it'll be like rats in a hole. Right. I think the next move is we need to find some of uh, I need to find somewhere to go. Um, that's more defensible. That's not putting all of the thugs at risk. That is. Give me a quick history check with advantage. History is not a good step for me. It's a low DC if it makes you feel any better. Slightly. Oh, 18. Beautiful. The DC was eight. So. Nice. Oh, both of them would have succeeded then. You recently had a compatriot who went into hiding. A compatriot who said that if you ever needed a favor, you were to present a white handkerchief hanging from a window in the now mostly burnt headquarters. A big move. Big Bowler Bigsby would be keeping watch. You blamed that on Peabody, actually. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Um, okay, so as I'm sitting and I'm massaging my temples, I'm gonna say, oh, there's one place I could go to get help. Alright. I'll get word to Patrick. Spiker. Spiker? You hear? <laughs> Deeper in the... <laughs> Deeper in the chambers, I'll I'll keep her appraised. She's um, she's good slipping in and out places too. But uh, yeah. I got one of those punchable faces that people like to trust. So 
I could um, probably get into Patrick. Alright, so I'm gonna... You hear Lottie smack uh, Butterfingers and go, They won't let you in. The front door to Queen Victoria's Hospital looking the way you do now. Now I, on the other hand, I can change my accent easy enough to <clears throat> a Scots accent. I'll Ooh. pass off as his mum. Right. Or, or his older sister. His older sister. Broader. Broader, uh, he's shorter than you are, not by much. You're 5'2? Yeah, yes. I, mean, yeah, I, I feel like you're either 5 I, exactly I or 5'2. Five, five, okay, so he's 4'9. Okay. Um, he's short for his age, but he's very he's very broad. He's very stocky. Would think he, think Armstrong. I always wore it kind it, of it would, it, would, it would, it might be a little tight in the shoulders, because you are slim. Um, might be a little tight in the shoulders and it might be a little long in the in the in the drape, but he could probably make it work. Fancy trade. For you, Jules. Always. He takes off his trade back, but I need something yeah. else for right now. Yeah. It's gonna look a little short on you, it's a little short on me, but it's a little broad, but it should uh, Yeah, no. There we go. How do I look? Have <laughs> <laughs> you tried it with someone else? Oh, it seems about right. Uh, okay, I'm gonna put the jacket on. Mm -hmm. um, let's it's say. like a, it's like a very whitish tan, heavily stained. Not like ostentatiously stained. Like it's not like it draws attention to itself. But if you tried to go into a nice place wearing that, you'd probably get. Smacked out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the kind of thing I'm going for. And then uh, I need a hat. Well, you can check the uh, check the shelves or um. No, I can check the shelves, Butterfingers. I don't need to take your hat. Fine, fine, fine. I appreciate fine. it. No, no, it's cool. You just give me a really nice duster, and I can't give you shite. It's great. I love it. Yeah, but you can't wear the duster. I don't remind me. Check the shelves for a hat. Okay. You find a Newsies cap in a style that you like. Fantastic. I was hoping I'd find a Newsies style cap. <laughs> okay, with my glasses on, I'm going to be like, well. You look every bit of a <laughs> adolescent male. Okay, cool. Um, Lottie's probably just like, yeah. <laughs> sad. She's like, he would have made a very pretty man. Oh, you would have made a very pretty man. I probably would have laughed at you in the pub, but you would have been very pretty. What do you want me to tell Patrick? Oh. Uh, now just that I'm safe. I don't really know. And, yeah, just tell him I'm safe. That's all he's going to need to know for now. How do we find you? Or will you find us? 
officer right for Jack. I'll come back here and leave word with where I'm going. Very well. Should be somewhere still in the city. I I have something that needs to be done. And I can't leave until I do that. She mama bears you. Before you get it. and you feel your back like creaking. Oh, the side, the side. oh sorry, sorry. Oh, right. by the way, I did notice that you found my shotgun that I stashed behind the the rubbish oh, bins. Yeah. yeah, do you have it? I don't. Pat might know where it is. At this point in time, you do remember that it did not survive the trip in Big Ben. <laughs> Oh, didn't I don't remember what happened to it? Yeah, no, it, it went over into the... <laughs> um, it was my grandfather's, so it's it's rather important to me. And it will live on in time. <laughs> it's, um... It's part of something bigger now. <laughs> Real big. Huh. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long couple of days. It's been a long time, you putts. <laughs> um, oh, Jules is compensating with humor. As she does. As she does. All right. Godspeed, lassie. Send word wherever you can. I'd love to say that what I'm working on is, you know, how to write my name and get myself cleared and all that, but honestly it's not, so. Darkness is only temporary until you die, and then it's just empty void forever. So if you don't like darkness, do your best to stay alive. There's nothing after. Oh, so you're uh, atheist then, huh? Oh, yeah. Did I not say that? I don't remember. Oh, no, sorry. I, uh... I've always been that way, but... Lately... I don't know. Thanks. Keep your nose clean. Or... Actually, if you add a little bit of shoe polish right there, it might make it look like you have a... I'll leave it to it. Okay, so um, I'm not going to ask anybody to come with me because um, they got other things to attend to, but I'm going to leave anything bulky that's not easily carried on my person mm-hmm. um, there, and I'll get Jack's clearance to come back once I have just... He give gives it, yeah, he gives it okay. without any issue. Um, so then I'm gonna make my way back to, uh, Big Mouth. Right, um, the something pig. The voracious hog. The voracious hog. That's what I'm... Salacious pig. Voracious hog. The burnt remnants of the voracious hog, which, if I'm recalling correctly, was not Whitechapel. Um, I want Mickey you said that um, you're hunting down Jules 
Yeah. Um, okay. Excellent. We're, we're going to be addressing that in a moment. I didn't write down the, the sector. I just said middle dinner club. More about quantity. Okay, that's okay. Well, uh, I'll be able to find it on my map, no problem. Um, I do remember that it was to the uh, east of Soho. So uh, you're on the west of Soho. So it's no matter what, you've got a little bit of a of a trek ahead of you. Oh, not a big hurry. Yep. Um, I'm going to be as unassuming and chillax as I... Great. Give me a general either deception or performance check. Definitely deception. Uh, it's a 15. Okay. I'm, I'm new to this new persona that I'm putting on, so I'm trying to figure out my walk, trying to figure out my voice. So it's not as seamless as it will be later. <coughs> Strong and wrong. Strong and wrong. As you begin traversing the streets of London, yep. Lottie giving you a slight nod as she makes her way deeper into Westminster. Oh, my cat. Oh, my boys do. I like it. As you just start, hands in the pockets, trying to look as casual as possible, sure enough, at almost every other lamppost, there's your picture. <laughs> yep. And furthermore, they, they've they gone a step overboard. Like, they've given you, like, deeper bags. Uh, your hair is looking more stringy and... Honestly, it's probably going to serve you because while it's your name and while it's a general appearance and listing the fact that you have purple eyes and that kind of stuff, it uh, it doesn't look that much like you. It looks kind of like um, Elena Bottom Carter as... Uh, Miss Lovett? Mrs. Lovett? Yeah, as Mrs. Okay. Lovett. Okay. Yeah. Ugh, why do I have to mention that movie? Can't, can't help but feel a little insulted, but... Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you have a couple of deep moments of as a pair of constables would walk by. And you see that they do seem to be approaching every group of people that seems to have like a woman tucked into the middle of it. I will say I am uh, noticing as I go through London uh, how much less I get looked at. Very much so. I'm now just like a scrawny, mm-hmm. you know, teenage boy, and I'm like, it's kind of nice. I should have done, done this. I should have done this sooner. Padding next to you, shadows just Fantastic. trotting, trotting away. Um, go ahead and roll a d100 for me. That's a twenty-two. Twenty-two. Why didn't I roll that earlier? Twenty-two, you say. Twenty-two, I say. I say. I say. That's a twenty-two. By the way, the last session of this game was so stressful it raised my heart rate up to like one twenty. Okay, go ahead and roll and a d twenty like for me as well. Pounds on the scale. And I, Good. It was so, it was so intense. It was my trial. What? Go ahead and roll a d twenty for me now, please. This is ominous. It's a twenty. 20? Natural 20. I wasted nice. this. I mean, maybe nice. It's a this. You actually wanted to fail this? Oh. It's a good thing. You I get a good thing. You still get a nat. 
I find 20, right. a thousand pounds because I rolled a nat twenty. I like it. Um, as you, I like it. We're doing it. <laughs> as you are traversing down uh, one of the many main thoroughfares, because you're feeling like it's almost better to be out in the open than to be ducking down any kind of alley. Um, you uh, you see a uh, rotund gentleman with a large handlebar mustache uh, and little dampening curls on top that seem to just be perpetually sweaty. He's wearing a big butcher's apron and he's going Top just broke! Top just broke! Free me and breakfast for anyone who buys a biscuit, please! Please, I don't want to lose all my money! You! How would you like some free beer and biscuits? I'll definitely take some biscuits. Excellent! Come on! Come on! And uh, as you uh, burst in, there's uh, a ring of, of four of four men uh, dancing on the bar top, arms around each other, singing something in like a Gaelic tongue that is completely undiscernible. Perhaps it's Welsh. It's hard to tell, <coughs> if I'm really honest. Um... But people are slamming the tables, and you see that the sprouts are just little little showers of beer, um, and these big, freshly baked rolls uh, are on a huge platter right on top of the bar, and it just simply says, uh, "Have a pence, leave a pence." Um, uh, and you see uh, every someone coming up every now and then, dropping a pence, grabbing a biscuit, and then just literally walking down the fountain of beers with an open mug, uh, chucking it. It's a very jovial place and give me a wisdom check another natural 20 21 wow <laughs> you know as you see all these smiles all these laughters all this joviality you know deep in your heart that if you give yourself to this place if you take maybe just one hour to fully absorb this to take part in it it could heal part of your fractured mind fantastic I'm gonna have a beer I'm gonna dance on a table I'm gonna eat five biscuits and leave five pence I absolutely love it Jules Walker please go ahead and roll 2d12 and add two you just so you get back seven points of sanity. As you are sitting in one of these corner booths, having uh, having had a, another exactly <laughs> having another biscuit absolutely shoved in your mouth by this laughing woman, saying, "You're all skinny." You need to eat more! A growing lad! Like you. Oh, look, come here, puss, puss! And she starts uh, scratching uh, Shadow under the. Oh. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was a nickname for her. Come here, puss, puss. That's a weird one. That's a weird thing to call a young boy. You do see at one point that Shadow is picked up by a particularly drunken man. He's like, hey, I've got a new girlfriend. And uh, you're... <laughs> 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 Shadow bounds yeah. back on. Puss, puss. Strikes again. Yeah, I've been, yeah that coming. <laughs> 
Is that your male voice? I'm walking on it. I like it. Uh, they go, ah, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, as you are, roll a d4 for me. Okay. Very manly and tough. And tough. <laughs> I've never seen that. Three. Three beers in. Um, feeling warm on the biscuits. Feeling full from the thick beer. Not particularly good tasting, but it's just... It's just nice to unwind for a moment, despite the absolutely terrible, no good, awful day you had yesterday. And you see the front door of this establishment open, and a blonde, bespectacled man with white gloves (laughs) comes walking in. (laughs) He looks thoroughly uncomfortable as he's just looking at all the people. He turns around and he starts to walk out before he's shoved back in with Mickey <laughs> right I behind him. I don't me drinking beer and eating biscuits in a tavern. Uh, question for the in DM. How did we come to get here? So, uh, so Josiah Crane is an auger. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Just how you were able to find the Sussex Manuscript. Uh, Josiah did his little ritual and having spent uh, almost 24 full hours with Jules Walker Josiah Crane had enough knowledge to uh, find her Um, yeah I'll take a swig of the of the de-alcohol Cabernet Sauvignon it's because drugs and alcohol actually aren't the right answer well that's not bad that's not bad at all no that's fine yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um, Mickey, I want you to give me an investigation. Jules. Ye old vesties. As you are slamming down your third beer and you see... 18. That can't be. 18? You don't see Jules Walker. You see a bunch of drunken idiots. <laughs> uh, mostly piddled out beer spout. Um... And a cat on a table uh, sitting in front of a young man with a newsies cap, darkened glasses, beer mug paused. Do I know the cat? Have I seen the cat? You have not seen the cat before. Yep. You see Mickey and Josiah. And Josiah is saying, she's somewhere in here, okay? I I don't know what to tell you. It's, It's, I hate it here. It is so filthy. Please, please, can I just wait outside? If she moves, I'll let you know. Just don't let me beat you. Yes, just please. please Thank you. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to tip my hat at them and walk out. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Am I going to notice her? Can I do a perception? Well, with the 18 investigation, you do see the cat kind of going out. And as Josiah steps out, um, which way are you going, left or right? Left. Okay. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. What? <laughs> he steps his head back in. He goes, "How?" Um, <laughs> if you are actively evading capture, go ahead or capture. No, no, no. I'm just yeah. going around the corner. If they have Josiah, I like it. Find me. Perfect, perfect. So no, no check necessary. So as yeah. he like as they yeah. walk this way, I'm gonna be like, I have a voice. Name's uh, Archie. Archie Bernard. 
Forgot your name. Mickey! <laughs> What'd you get for the biscuit? Don't, don't, don't even think about saying it. Uh, no, I don't want a biscuit. Um. Of course you don't. Oi. How are you, lad? Puss, no, puss? It was, uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the cat's name is Shadow. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, you know, it was not a great morning, but uh, last hour has been uh, pretty good. But it looks like you've been enjoying yourself thoroughly. Now, let's uh, get a move on before you enjoy your hat off your head and everybody knows who you are. Yeah, right. That's fair. All right. Um. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna step back in the, the, the pub real quick before we go and be like, See you later, boys! Archie! <laughs> Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. So, I just want some interesting side note. Jules found Archie's body. Yeah. Archie's body. Archie's body. Archie's body. Archie's body. Archie's body. Archie's body. Raucous pub house full of men. When they like threw their arms around her to do this sort of like swaying thing, she was like, I'm not bugged. Is it because they think I'm a man? I'm not bugged! I love this. Jules is discovering new things Jules left and right. What do you mean I'm not bugged? Do you mean so annoyed? I hate to be touched. Oh, 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 yeah. Like annoyed, bugged. No, she, yes. she breaks out like because, oh. because as a prostitute. Aha. Uh-huh. It's like, touching was. it's like your PTSD yeah, results exactly. in like, in like. So it doesn't bother me with children. I'm okay with other women. Dermal. Yeah. Um, but with men, it's like, a, uh, like even with Pat, like I would touch yeah. him and I'd break into hives. Post-traumatic dermatitis. Yeah. And other men would touch me and I would immediately like react negatively, very negatively. PTSD. Um, but in this instance, like this is, this is. So different. Yep. As the trio and the cat duck into the alley um, uh, adjacent to this pub, um, you hear as a blonde woman comes around from the other side of the of the pub. All right. She didn't come out the back way, so sorry. Excuse me. She didn't come out the. Yeah. She came with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes. The, the name is Archie. Archie Burnham. Wait, before she notices. Charlie. Can I um. Can I do? You gotta do some mystic mumbo jumbo. <laughs> can I do a minor illusion that is like a a beard? Sure. I'm gonna pro- project a minor illusion. <gasps> Of a beard, yeah! I love on, it. I love it on her face. Excellent. So I'm gonna have her do uh, a disadvantaged insight then. What kind of beard are you giving me? Just like a thick black, like full beard that comes down to a point. Okay, Emily, disguise? can you come? Can you well, come see my disadvantaged I'm... insight check, please? Can you roll two natural twenties. Not quite. Two natural ones. You got a 19 instead of a net 20. Exactly. Cool. I rolled a 20 and a 19. Hey, yeah. nice dice. I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. I didn't it. think you had any big dice. So, uh, yeah, no. I've got a D100 and a D20 so far. Um, so, even with the beard, um, 
uh, her insight is plus 11, so that is a... That's a dirty 30. Um, so, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look down at the beard and be like, I don't know why did you put on a fake beard like that. Um, Anne is, Anne is just. Gonna I'm gonna. Should I do performance there? Sure, why not? Just or to just see it. Oh, that's not one. <laughs> so it's a six. Great. So uh, Jules, Jules is a little buzz. She's like, it just stays there. <laughs> I was uh, hoping to avoid any kind of uh, untoward behavior between the two of you, as I know that there is something that you are both hiding. Hiding? Hiding. It's just not your business. She wants to kill me. <laughs> See, that, that is the business. <laughs> that is the business that I was, uh, I was trying See, to uncover. I haven't decided yet. Right, I'm sorry. Pending trying to kill me. She killed my father. I if we're just throwing it out. All right. Let's just get out of here. He was a bastard. Agreed. But he was still my dad. He abused The longer we wait here. Right, we should go. I know. Where we're Have going. you been drinking? Yeah. No, but it was so lovely. <laughs> oh! Oh, all right. All right, I was just a little buzz, all right? Archie doesn't hold his liquor well. Archie. Archie Bernard. Archie Brennan. No, Bernard. Bernard. Archie Bernard. It's Bernard, but Bernard. It's, it's a so you chose name. two first names it's a name. as your... <laughs> as your... It's a British name. It's a British name. You chose two, you chose two <laughs> The British woman says your, to the British guy, your, it's a British name. name. You're getting very defensive. I'm just saying. That's Emily defending it to Robo. Oh, is that Emily? Bernard. Robo doesn't have a problem with it. Anne is making fun of Jules about it. What do you mean? It's Bernard. She would know that that was Bernard. It's a British Bernard. It's a Bernard. Oh, that's surprisingly flaky. Right. Okay. So, wait. Why did you come to find me? Well, because we're trying to make sure that nobody catches up with you. Precisely. If anyone's going to kill you, it's going to be me. I... But you caught up with me. Did you get my note? I sent a note. I did, but um, apparently it was a moot point. Right. I was sorry to hear about Jimmy's, though. This shouldn't come from me. This should this should not come from me. What happened to Jimmy's? I'm did did they throw him in did they throw him in prison? I'm sorry, Jules. Archie, I'm so I I'll meet you back at the manor. I'm Jules. And you see her. I uh talked to Armstrong a little bit earlier. It was a bit heated, I should say, and now that I hear that Armstrong let you pass. I think that I may or may not owe him somewhat of an apology, but... I mean, it was more complicated, but essentially, yeah, you got to go. It would seem 
that Jimmy's was hanged in your place because you disappeared. Jules holds up a hand, like saying, like, don't, I hold, hold. I'm sorry. He was hanged in my place? I'm not in the business of sugarcoating the truth. This is something that you need to know. But. Why, why was he hanged? He got, shouldn't have been hanging. I've had not that soon. What? He was hanged at the time where you were meant to be hanged. And now, uh, despite the area we're in, London is in lockdown I want you to know this Jules that it doesn't really matter if you blame yourself or if you're at fault he made a decision and this is something that you have to deal with later because right now is not the time let's go we need to find your friend, and we need to get you somewhere where you can lay low. Um, Jules is just going to nod. Um, her face is very pale. She's looking very distressed. Um, but there's truth in Mickey's words, and she can't she can't process it right here, right now. So she's going to pick up her cat. Um, Give me a quick insight check. Yes. <laughs> Natural one. Woo, they're in 20s. So, not not paying a lick of attention. Okay. Yeah, not not that the cat's not paying a lick of attention. You just I'm not paying attention to the cat. Exactly. I mean, is she amenable to me picking her up? Oh, she's very amenable to that. Okay, I'm gonna pick up the cat and just m- motion to Mickey and Josiah if he's still there. Yep, Josiah is still there. He's standing off to the side, very uncomfortable. To follow me. Yep. All right. And we'll just uh, continue on our way to. The voracious hog. I would like all of us to, uh, Josiah, you're a little bit too noticeable, so please uh, go ahead of us. Oh, with pleasure. Um, you, beard up. Can you give me a different beard? Yeah, so I can give you a different beard. What would you prefer? Oh, um. I've always been particular to mutton chops myself. No. Well, you look like an ass. Go ahead. Unnecessary. What time is it anyway? It's about. Well, not yet at midday, so um, as long as we're back at Primrose before nightfall, no, should be fine. I'll go on ahead. Uh, he starts. So you want sort of like a Three Musketeers vibe going on? Yeah, whatever that is. that written yet? Yes. Yeah, right? So there'll be like a. We'll see, like. Um, you want a D'Artagnan. Getting coming out of character, and then like the the startings of a light gentleman's mustache. I like it. Sort of yeah. It's the Shakespearean love when when she's wearing the. <laughs> yeah, the, great. Yeah. I love it. You want the Shakespearean love? Sure, all right, I'll take there that. we go. I love it. Okay, all right. <clears throat> all right. So um, the two of you are going to spend the better part of the next. Better part of the next. Uh, 
if you hail a cab, you can probably get there in about another hour if you decide to hoof it. Well, now that Josiah's with us, we could probably take a cab. Like, the three of us together is reasonable getting into a cab, but me by myself. Totally. To Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Great. So you guys will hail a cab. Um, it'll cost you uh, sixpence. Um to get to uh, the borough that's on the east side of Soho, beyond Whitechapel, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment, but I will look it up later, to get to the Voracious Hog. Yep. And that'll take the better part of an hour. Um, We will return to this group in just a moment. Carl. Silence. For the first time in weeks, pure silence. No Leviathans, no. Let us call him by his name. No whisperings of Cthulhu echoing in your mind. No cackles of this warring sibling of his, the King in Yellow. No gnawing hunger deep within you. No talks of poisonous maids, of hanging fiends, of plague maidens and were ravens and lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> plague ravens. What it was the other plague thing? maidens and were ravens. Were ravens and plague. I love that. Yeah. Plague maiden. Yeah. So. It is blissful. And as the morphine continues to pulse through the system. You regain seven points of sanity. Seven points of sanity. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. He gets his sanity back from drugs. Drugs, baby. Wow. Yeah. It's those neurons yeah. reconnecting. I want to make sure that our listeners get a good moral. From right. This. Which is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Minus the rock and roll. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not a very, exactly. Um, there's trigger warnings. Um, Mr. Patrick. Mr. Patrick. Oh, hello, investigator. And how are we feeling today? You see that it's a uh, raven-haired woman um, wearing just a simple white nurse's uniform as she checks the insertion into your stump. And uh, I stop 
The wound is uh, uh, still painful. Um, Doesn't appear uh, to be developing any infection, though. No, I, um, the bandages have been uh, changed periodically. Are you new? <laughs> no, sir. I've been your nurse for the last 24 hours now. Right. Uh, oh, shit. Right. Um, no, it's, it's right. I'm, You're I'm coming fine. out of it. I'm fine. Sir, are you feeling up for a visitor? Oh, sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, sure in. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that you're expecting her. And the nurse leaves. In a few moments, the door opens. You hear, Oh, and there's my little brother. Thank you, dearie. Family matters take precedence. Of course. It was a pleasure meeting you, Miss Patrick. Oh, please. My friends call me Carlina. <laughs> and the nurse kind of looks at her, blinks owlishly a few moments. Your pants were very cruel. And leaves. She has no idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mr. Patrick, it's not your sister. It's me, Lottie. <laughs> oh, good. I was afraid that perhaps you were a little bit out of sorts. No, I'm fine. Oh, my dear. What, you getting to fight with a mountain lion? Uh, no, just Big Ben. Um, so, uh, Lottie, what, uh, exactly is going on? Why are you here pretending to be my uh, sister? Well, I couldn't pass for your mother, so I, I had to go a little bit younger. That's true. And? It did not go well. Shit. As Jules would tell it, it was completely set against her. Quickly help me out here. I just wanted her to tell him that I'm safe, though. That right. I, you know, I got yep. him and I'm safe. No mention of Peabody. No mention of Arcanic stuff. I didn't stuff. want that to go through. You got it. Another person. Thank you. Um, it was completely stacked against her. She was taken into custody, but she escaped. She's safe for now. The poor dear cut off all her hair. It's... Right, so she's safe. She's fine. Um... But, to be honest... There is some concern that the forces that moved against her might do the same for you. Understood. Uh, I need to... I need to leave. You need to stay right there. No, I need to You leave. are missing a hand and a foot. And I'm fine. I've never felt better. You're hopped up on drugs. Yes. <laughs> and I know where to find more. So I don't have to be here. Last time I saw you, you had all your limbs intact. That means that you cannot have been missing these for more than 18 hours at the most. Yes, and as you can see, my bandages have been changed recently. I have just been administered another dose. Unless those bandages are the goddamn shares of Nazareth, I don't think that you're going to be able to be walking about. She's an atheist using yep, Nazareth? Exactly. She's a well-learned, she's a well-learned Nazareth. I I, she's a well-learned atheist. I Exactly. Oh yeah. No. One hundred percent. That's um, that's I, that, that, that's what happened. That's canon. 
that's canon. And then she killed a man with her own hands. I mean, somebody had to do it. Let me be your hand or your foot. Tell me what to do, Carl. Sorry, Mr. Patrick. Shall I tell Lord Ashley Cooper? No, he knows. He would absolutely already know. Of Miss Walker, perhaps, but I'm talking of you now, sir. Miss Walker's a big girl. She can stand on her own. Yeah, no, that's fine. She's fine. triaging all the awesome things that are going on. And he's he's going to be like, alright, uh, Necronomicon has been secured, I heard about that. Susk's manuscript yeah, has been Susk's manuscript has been, has been secured, I know about that. Hands around um, Jules is safe. Jules is safe, which is I have complete confidence in ability to be safe, so I'm not like, oh no, I have to go look for like, The only cool. reason she got caught the first time was because you were on the case. Yeah, so that's that's it. So she's she's, she's in the wind, she'll let me know when she needs me. Um, I'm gonna say um, where's um, has Butterfingers been at the, um, the flat? No, he was with old Jack and then myself. I, I could send him back to the flat. I don't believe he was planning on taking a permanent residence there. That's fine. Uh, he's, a, he's a good lad. Um, I need... The next case that I need to work on is uh, having to do with uh, the children that have been going missing. Uh, I believe uh, other cases are fine for now. The priority would be the String King and <laughs> stopping the Butterfingers from going after him himself. Very well. So, if end goal for the foreseeable future is stopping the Strain King, what's step one, Carl? Get me out of bed. I understand you think you're superhuman. I'll try to... Shall I go try and fetch your doctor? See if perhaps we can at least get a discharge timeline enacted? There, there, baby brother. Do you remember what ma'am used to say? One hand is A-OK. -okay. Sorry. That was weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. Uh, 
you see her move towards uh, the exit and open it, and you hear her go, Oh, sorry, excuse me. And she moves out of the way as another figure enters your hospital room. Mm-hmm. Very tall woman. Oh, oh nice. Wearing a black Victorian-style dress, absent any sorry. Well, maybe sorry. she'll lend you a hand... <laughs> wearing a very wide-brimmed dark hat and her skin that very deep olive color. Well, well, well. My poor Mr. Patrick. Baroness, how kind of you to visit me in my hospital room? Well, what could I say? They powers that be were whispering of a nasty, nasty accident, so I figured I had to come and see for myself. And I will say that uh, for a man who has lost half his mobility, it seems you've lost none of your virility. She's so creepy. (laughs) Yeah, it's not great. Very kind. Did you just come to Gawk, or is this a uh, social visit, or do you have business? Well, what would you be most... And what would you be most receptive to, Mr. Patrick? Of course it gets stuck in the dice tower. Uh, things with you. She steps forward, pulls up a chair, sits down, crossing her legs. She says, Well, have I a story for you? And we're going to pull away from the hospital and go to a solitary man. A large man. Conflicted man <laughs> making his way. A lot of storylines. You should call this episode a house divided. I think that's what we're exactly what we're going to call it. It's <laughs> my favorite one of the songs. That's too funny. This is from. Uh, it's Winston. Paint it black. No, 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 no. But uh, the, 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 yeah, I was like, Winston. they use it in Winston. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. At last, you reach 38 Birdcage. A Goliathan. A townhouse unparalleled. Two of the Queen's Guard. Their tall black furry hats. Their red adorned uniforms. Their rifles held at the ready. As are the common accoutrement for all members of the Queen's Cabinet. Upon your approach, they snap to salute uncross their rifles and you are permitted entry. Give them a salute back and uh, I'll walk in and announce myself to the um, head of manservant. Yep. Um, Theodore, as you know him, is a small man, um, a borderline cripple, and as such was pitied by Lord Smith and was given a full position as 
the major domo of his household. His one arm kind of curled and shriveled, and the other standing at full attention. Ah, major Armstrong. Yes, Theodore. Uh, I have business uh, with the assuming home secretary. Oh, well, I am. Um, he has not yet arrived, but I do know that uh, Lord Smith is taking his morning tea uh, in the study. Uh, excellent. Uh, would you announce me? Of course, of course. Uh, follow me, Major. As he takes his limping stride, very rich the third, uh, down a very long hallway, numerous windows shedding in this uh, sunlight, casting glows upon the various secretaries of war throughout the era of Britain's reign until as you get to the small double mahogany doors uh, Theodore opens it Lord Smith presenting Major Armstrong of the Golden Dawn yeah that is all Theodore of course, sir. Um, Major, tea, coffee? Tea, please. Of course. Sugar? Yes, thank you. Four lumps, yes. Come in, Major. Uh, Lord Smith. <laughs> Don't be so formal, my man. Have a sit. Seat. And I saw. Take a sit in. Um, there is a chair. The overstuffed uh, yep. chair. It is one of the only chairs that is big enough. It's almost as if he had it specially placed for you. That's the plot twist of the whole thing. It was thing. all my chair! It was the, the chair all along. So, Major, you've been busy the last couple of days. Indeed I have. Unfortunately, uh, Miss Walker was slipperier than anticipated. Didn't help that one of the constables on the inside was aiding her in escape. Yes, I did read the report from uh, Head Inspector Nigel Edgars. It does seem, though, that the traitorous constable was dealt with. Yes, swiftly. Hmm. Uh, that's a seven on insight. Not enough to perceive anything. You are the picture-perfect soldier. I understand that such swift actions are not common in times of peace, but make no mistake, Major, we are at war. Uh, my lord, uh, I'm a ready soldier and a servant of the crown. Might I inquire as to the nature and identity of our enemy? Walk with me, Major. He leads you to the window of the study, study being on the third floor. As he pulls open the lace dresses that sit upon the windowsill, you look out over all the domiciliaries of Westminster and the boroughs beyond and beyond 
Let me, Major. When you look out at our glorious crown jewel of this expansive empire, what is it that you see? Okay, so remind me again what we're looking at at this moment. So the, the domiciliaries of Westminster. And then with your own perception as well as your na- known, uh, known interpretation of the city, you know that beyond Westminster is the central city of London. And then beyond that, you have Whitechapel and Shoreditch. And on the other side of the Thames, you have <sighs> those other districts that <laughs> just grow less and less and less opulent. The closer you get to the sea, the more immigrants there are, the more of the lower class there are. It is all considered London, and yet it is two worlds. One family. seat of order and justice, and beyond I see a world at odds with itself, unable to move freely under its own desires and passions, a world confused. That is what I see. It's well spoken, Major. You've clearly given this much thought. A world of confusion at odds with itself. How would you go about fixing, rectifying such iniquity? Uh, strict reg- regiment to routine. Uh, I would reduce any uh, disorder. One must build one's stamina and perseverance. And I believe with a firm hand uh, that can be nurtured in firm hand a firm hand indeed that is how this empire has acted thus far it was with a firm hand that King George attempted to maintain our expansive borders pray tell what happened to that firm hand it's all madness uh led to difficulties. There it is. His madness. A firm hand is nothing without a mind to guide it. That's what the prior Home Secretary does not understand. But the new Home Secretary, he understands the sleeping mind guides the persuasive hand. 
He came to me before I even knew of his appointment. I don't know how he found me. I don't know why he even knew of my position in the Order or even of the Order's existence, but still, he came to me and showed me a future. I would like to you to hear his words for yourself. Theodore! Yes, my lord. Has our third guest arrived? Uh, no, I don't, but I'm here. And you see Theodore slowly turn in the hallway. Oh, he's the worst. He's just the worst. Presenting Sir Arnold Smithfield. I hate him so much! Maroney velvet coat. Ooh, spit on him! A blue and gold detail-oriented vest with leaves and opal buttons. High-waisted black velvet pants. Top hat held gently underneath his arm. Dark black sideburns. Slightly wavy middle-length hair. Deliciously coiffed and groomed. Meticulously placed. Dark eyes. So brown they're almost black. Perhaps black. Just sitting comfortably in a almost perfectly proportioned face dark gloves adorning his hands. Ah, so this is the infamous Major Armstrong. Indeed it is, my lord. Come now. I haven't been sworn in yet. I should still be tipping my hat to you, Lord Smith. (laughs) (laughs) So Smithfield, please, let us not stand on Pleasant trees, let us not stand on ceremony. Let us look to the future. Speak to him as you spoke to me. Show our beloved major the future. Major Armstrong. As you see this not tall, not short, perfectly average build height yet seemingly charismatic lord of a man. He approaches you as he begins pacing around the room. The room around you seems to lose a little bit of its luster, a little bit of its inherent light. The antique furnishings their coloration becomes more vibrant. Sounds become more melodious. And at the center of this focus is the man in front of you. I need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Um, because I have... Just gonna, I don't know, I'm just going to double check if I do have anything. It's a DC 18. 
better do it. Well, don't muck it up now. I'm trying not to. I just want to make sure if I got anything that can help me not muck it up. Let's have you uh, not muck it up. Yeah. Your date, it went so well. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. got a you've got a excitement thing I going on. Do. I've got a plus ten because the DM likes me. Yeah. That's it's why. That's why, isn't it? Sort of like, sort of like. Also, the story wouldn't be very good, you know, if you just sort of lost it. Completely yeah, yeah, that yeah, fast. Yeah, but you know what, I will. I'm, I think I'm, I think it's just going to Yeah, I don't think I've got anything to help me with this. It's just a straight well, wisdom. Kind of straight wisdom save. What if you... About 18? What if... 18. Wait, what if you didn't muck it up? <laughs> no. No. Oh, that's a nat 20. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a nat 20. <laughs> oh, look at that. He didn't Sorry, muck 19. it up. <laughs> I only had two <laughs> chances. A 19 or a 20, that was it. Oh my gosh. That's a save. <clears throat> Major. As Smithfield begins to speak, which, by the way, I, I am still going to do the model. Of course you are. Because I wrote it down. As you should. My dear Major Armstrong, the fist of the esteemed Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. I stand before you not as a usurper, but as a visionary, seeking to redefine the boundaries of our collective potential. Your order, once a, a hidden beacon of enlightenment, has become entangled in the cobwebs of stagnation, bound by the chains of tradition. His voice velvet whisper continues to coat the very room. You school your features. These muted colors gain their normal vibrancy. But as you look beyond him, you see Theodore going slack-jumped. And as you peek ever so lightly to your left, you see that Lord Smith himself, his eyes have taken on an amethyst twinkle as he just stares adoringly at this man in front of you. Consider this not a coup, but a metamorphosis, an evolution that beckons us to shed the cocoon of complacency and emerge as something greater. The esoteric knowledge we covet was, over time, lost its luster. The dusty corridors of your cherished archives are decaying too quickly, my friend. I propose not the abandonment of your principles, but instead a transcendence. His eyes flicker from yours to Lord Smith. You see the dark eyes become even more black seeming becoming pools of void. You begin to think you see twinkles of starlight, a vast nightscape um, in his visage. I'm gonna take on the same 
kind of slack jawed expression as these fellows here. Give me either a deception or a performance. I will say that he has disadvantage on this because he is under the impression that he's got you. Okay, I'm going to do a performance. I'm going to use a combat superiority. I love it. Try to bump that up a bit. Nat 20. Natural 1. What? Both of you have had two nat 20s in a row. Look at this. Nat 20. And I've only gotten a nat 1. So that's a natural 23. I love it. That's dice. amazing. And then uh, let's let's put on top of the performance twenty four. My dear Lord Smith and Major Armstrong, envision a golden dawn not confined to the limitations of archaic doctrines, but one that harnesses the vitality of innovation and adaptability. As custodians of ancient and eldritch wisdom, should we not seek to expand our influence? beyond the cloistered halls of academia and secrecy. The world, my dear friends, is ever-changing, and it is our solemn duty to guide its transformation behind you, beside you, you hear the whispering. My God, yes, my God, you're right. Consider me an emblem, not as a symbol of malevolence, but as a representation of wisdom that winds through the convoluted paths of reality. I am a serpent, a creature revered in many traditions, embodied not only in cunning, but also the shedding of old skin for renewed strength. Together, we can transcend the limitations that have restrained your order. Our pursuit should not be shackled by the dogmas of yesteryear. Imagine a golden dawn that stands as a beacon, not just for the seekers of arcane eldritch knowledge, but for those who crave enlightenment as its truest, most dynamic form. He seems to grow in stature. And Smith... He's just nodding along, and Theodore behind him, nodding along, and you nodding, nodding yeah, along. Yeah. And as it's nice that Theodore's behind him, so I yeah. can like see that cue. Yeah. And as Smith continues to grow larger and larger in this study, the suit seeming becoming dripping, inky, black liquid. And as he finishes his exclamation, three smoke tendrils emerge from his distended mouth and begin to encircle his now great bulbous graying head. One tendril makes its way to Theodore, his eyes rolling into the back of his head as he's lifted a foot off the ground. This is horrible. One goes to Lord Smith, who extends his hands willingly. 
Taking in. It sucks. And one begins to come to you. You see the window to your left. You see the door behind him. You have one moment. Yeah. One chance. Well, if this is it, then I'm jumping out the window. One opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm not even gonna, like, talk. Give me a dexterity <laughs> saving throw. Okay. DC 18. Okay, dexterity saving throw. I guess effects that I can see while not blinded and deafened or incapacitated? Yep. I have advantage on that. Beautiful. Doesn't do much. At all. That's a nine. Oh no, mm-hmm. with advantage? Yep. Oh. Oy. Used up my two. Yeah, no, no. Shadow tendril. As you begin to leap towards the window, you feel it wrap around its ankles. You start being dragged towards its form. That's only a little bit horrifying. The rebirth of your order. My esteemed comrade shall be as our phoenix, rising from the ashes of convention. Isn't this what you wanted, Armstrong? Give me either a strength saving throw or an athletics check as you start being dragged towards his body. Mm, This is my strength save. And... Let's, let's see if I can get one of those. Uh, okay, no, no, okay, 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 okay. Blah, 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 I think that's good. Now 20. Plus Nat 20? Yeah. Okay, not only does that oh allow gosh. you to break out of it. Wow. But as one of his hands seems to grow out from the elbow joint, reaching unnaturally far to try and grab you, you're able to tear off the shadowy tendril. The window is there again, and with that natural 20 carrying over, he gets this uh, next grab at disadvantage. That's a five. You dodge out of the hand that seems to grow large enough to even grab you in its full form. Um, I'm going to... Jump. So I'm going... Let's see. It says... There we go. So I'm going to... Uh, rage. In that stuff that's going on there. And my jump is awesome. I've got huge... When I jump, I can make a strength check to extend my jump by awesome so I can... You launch yourself. You have a moment of, like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and the other guys aiming for the bushes. There goes my hero! Except, I do. Except this time it doesn't end in a horrible tragedy of you smashing into the ground. Granted, you are falling uh, 35 feet, yeah, so... It's gonna hurt, but yep. I'm raging, so we're... Nice. Um, 
you land with your legs, not to superhero landing, because that's terrible for your knees, but the ground True. cracks a little bit as you land. Uh, you look up and you see the sh- tendril shadows following after you, and you just start charging. You're seeing the, the two uh, arms, armed guards at the gate uh, looking at you, <laughs> looking behind <laughs> you. Um, their eyes wide in terror. As you zip past them, the two tendrils <laughs> grab onto them, <laughs> pulls them. I'm out of there. My speed is 40, so... Yeah. I'm guessing this means that Smith and Peter are now going to be puppets. Okay. Wheel? Smith, the the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is compromised. Um, So, I don't need these orders anymore. I do what I want, suckers! I do what I want! Um... So I, I'm gonna like race to uh, my carriage and then just like hook it as hard as I can back to uh, Primrose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I'm gonna do. One carriage rocketing away through Westminster, heading back north to Primrose Manor. One man alone in a hospital room with a being of unfathomable power and purpose. Three souls trotting along in a carriage to the eastern end of London to leave signs for a hope of continued survival and a rapidly changing board of We're going to end this not with a bang, suddenly, but instead with a uh, what we typically haven't employed in our other games for a little while. And I may freeze frame. We'll start with you, Mickey. Um, we see Mickey, uh, hands held together, um, with his head down in the carriage, um, considering the situation that he has found himself in and how quickly he has grown a connection with these people that he didn't know until a few days before. Carl. I'm feeling very amicable right now. Very I'm a little amicable bit aroused. Right now. Pleasant. Thank, thank you for that. I'm t- I rolled yeah. a five when I was when I was like, let's see, how am I feeling? It was like five. I'm drugged out. There's a pretty woman here, and I said, "This is business pleasure, social. Let's let's talk about it." Jules or Archie? It's definitely Jules. Uh, so she's sitting there, uh, her face white as a sheet, 
it's as if she can feel Smithfield breathing down her neck, um, literally and metaphorically. And she, as she closes her eyes, she just sees two faces. She sees Jimmy's, and she sees Isabel. And her sole reason for escaping and not just taking her fate was to protect Isabel. And now she also wants to vindicate Jimmy's. Take us home, Armstrong. Uh, racing, crashing, not literally, but crashing <laughs> through the streets. Uh, one horse open. Churning sleep. towards uh, yeah. Primrose Manor. My one thought is Miss Pearson. her safe. That is my highest priority. These purposes, perhaps no longer quite so contrary as they were when we started this tale today. Some may succeed. Some may fail. And some may never resolve. May never grant us the closure that we so That is something that we will have to discover next time. Because that is where we will end tonight's episode of Dark Was the Night. Thank you for listening. We hope you had a spooky good time. I know I did. I'm Roosevelt. I'm Soren. I'm Joe. And I'm Emily Sue. And And we're we're going going to Disneyland. Disneyland.